Hey, so this is my temperament Enneagram episode for my holo love, right? So remember what the Enneagram and temperaments are, right? It's like the Enneagram. And if you want more information, right, check the links that are in the description. But the Enneagram and the temperaments, the reason why I do this is because, you know, when something is being written really well, um, they they match up to the enneagram and the temperaments. Like it, it it just happens that way, and it happens so often that I've been able to just read all of this to, uh, stuff into the space, right? And so anyway, um, if you want more information, remember clicking to those links or even check out some of the other episodes that I have about the enneagram. Uh, the King is probably the best one for for if you just want a rundown of all of them. Uh, of all the spaces that that's the one that I do the most work in. But, you know, Alice, she's my muse. She tells me it's like, Bruce, you're doing too much. And I get it. I'm so <laughs> and I get what she means by that. And so I'm like, you know what? Um, y'all investigate the Enneagram and temperaments because it's a beautiful thing to help understand yourself. Right. Remember, don't try to to go off trying to examine and weaponize it to where you can manipulate other folks. That's not a healthy thing to do. Uh, the Enneagram and the temperament. Ultimately, it's about. Uh, understanding yourself. And like I said, and when you can understand yourself, you can see these Enneagrams and the temperament being reflected in all the writing that you see around us and stuff like that. And so, and so with my holo love, look, I'm going to tell you right now, there's only three characters worth investigating in this space, right? And this one is definitely, this is, this has been the easiest one so far. It's like, I, I literally only had to watch one episode in order for me to, to peg this one down. Um, and so straight up. And so the easiest person for me to identify in this space was actually Sonia. Okay. Sonia, the main female lead is she was the easiest person for me to identify because fours, she is a four. She is a romantic. That is the, the Enneagram type. And she is also, um, an idealist. Okay. She is an idealist and, um, she loves deeply. She cares. Um, but she's, she's written as very cold, uh, for a reason, right? Because she has, um, that, um, that diagnosis where she can't recognize people's faces. And so this has caused her a lot of pain. And when it comes to writing a four, fours are almost always, almost always defined by their pain, a unique even pain. That is very key to understanding her character, that she is defined by her pain and her struggle because in this particular case, it makes her in some way, shape or form, it makes her unique, right? I mean, how many people have you even heard of that has this, you know, non, like they can't recognize faces and stuff like that to have this diagnosis. There's not a whole bunch of people that have that, right? And so then not only is she, you, right? It's like you, you guys, when you're thinking about fours, you, they are defined and moved and motivated by being unique, right? And yet, um, one of the things that winds up happening with writing is that because, especially when they are female feelers, I hate to say it quite like this, but because that's, in our society, that's normal. That's portrayed as normal. Females being feelers, that is a normal thing. So therefore, she can't get any uniqueness from that, right? Um, if she's like how most women are portrayed, then that there's no uniqueness in that, right? And so then now we come to, like, like I said, all that pain. So what will make her unique? And for whatever reason, writers normally focus with fours, they focus on their pain, 
the pain, the, the, the pain in their lives that helps create the four. Fours also have no problem, right? And so the, the pain in their life, the pain in her life that helps define her, right? We see this when she's reflecting on her childhood, right? And how when she she keeps to herself. So remember that she's reflecting on her life and as a child, right? What she was in school and how she had this boyfriend and how she had this group of friends. And she told them that she had this diagnosis. She could not recognize people's faces. And so then her friends and her boyfriend decide to play a trick on her, right? And then they realized that she was telling the truth. She couldn't recognize faces. That's why she makes, you know, she has Holo wear the same clothes and everything all the time, right? So it makes it easier for her to recognize them. Um, and so when she's interacting with those folks, it's like that's, that's gives that sense of pain, right? That, that sense of disconnection from people. I have this unique thing, but it's brought me a lot of pain in my life, right? And so that's how you define a four when you're, when you're writing. Not only that, but she's also, because of that pain, she normally remove, they normally remove themselves from, um, you know, from groups and things like that. And so although she has to work at a job and things like that, you do see Sonia alone. She is, as a matter of fact, most of the, a lot of the time she's alone until she meets, of course, Holo, right? But we're going to shelf that for a second, right? And so it's like she's alone. She's used to being alone or she disconnects from other folks. And like I said, that is trademark for behavior, right? It's like being alone, being unique. And in this particular case, her uniqueness has caused her a lot of pain. And to me, that was like super easy to see, right? I mean, like straight up, it's like Sonia is, has been the, like the easiest character uh, for me to be able to actually see her besides uh, her and Eamon Ho, <laughs> like Eamon Ho, I know he's an eight. Every time I see him, he's an eight. And so it's like, uh, he's very easy to recognize also. But anyway, I'm, I'm sidetracking just because I love me some Eamon Ho, right? But anyway, the other two guys, Holo and Nando, they're actually both eights. It's just they're very different parts of an eight. <laughs> they're very different parts. And so remember, right? Sonia is a four, um, and she is an idealist, right? And so, um, and so she is the epitome of the romantic. When it comes to romantics, um, they are, like I said, they, they are based on this uniqueness. Um, and so, and they are driven by it, right? And so, um, and although her uniqueness, uh, is, is based in a lot of pain, you can, you can see this, right? With, with the progression of her character. And, uh, with the, the romantic is named a romantic for a reason that, uh, ro and romance means something different, right? It's like romance is different than romantic or romanticism because romanticism, it means like it's, it's thinking of things in um, a very different sense, right? This is not fairy book. This is not storybook ending type of stuff. What it, like romantic endings are things that are very unusual, very like odd type of endings, but they work. They work because the four that's driving it, it, it they they it necessitates that they create this very different, very unique. Uh, type of relationship. That's that's what that's how people write for us. Okay, and so then with with eights. So right. So both Holo and Nando are eights, and I, it's like it took me actually a while because Holo is probably the healthiest eight that I've ever seen ever written. 
Um, but I know that he's an eight, right? It's like, and although eights, they challenge, right? Well, he actually has demonstrated him challenging um, things already. He's challenged, even though he told, right, uh, Sonya the rules and everything like that, he's challenged the rules. He's pushed the borders on those rules all the time, right? It's like er, er, almost since his introduction to Sonya, he's been pushing and prodding and examining and re-examining. And rather than reading things as black and white, he's been reading things in shades of gray. And that is a challenger thing. It's not that, um, not only is it a challenger thing, right? So he's challenging these rules, these behaviors and things like that. But the other probably more important thing in this space is that he's also a rationalist. And so when he's testing these rules, it's like he's testing them like a rationalist, um, that when he's testing these rules, he's testing them like a rationalist would. He doesn't just go breaking rules all crazy and willy nilly. He actually, because that's normally the world of an artisan. It's like, so when I see what Holo is doing, right, it's like he's breaking rules. He's challenging rules, but he's not doing them in a way that, like I said, it's because uh, artisans, when they break rules, they break them big. They just, they just, I mean, they'll do some really crazy and really spontaneous and they break the rules like that. But, but, um, but Holo, he's, he tests the rules, right? I mean, they're big breaks, right? I mean, blocking out a city and stuff like that, but it makes perfect rational sense. It's like he did it in order to protect Sonya. Right. It's like and then he breaks other rules and he's like he, he, he even defies right his creator, Nando. Right. He's, he defies him, challenges him right there on the spot. And he's like, look, if I don't if I leave right now, I'm going to not fulfill my first obligation. And that is to serve, you know, to to serve, you know, the, the person that is my master, if you would, and um, to make them happy. Right. And so challenging, challenging, challenging in a very logical and rational way. That is the life and the times of a. So this is a, a the healthiest rationalist eight that I've ever seen. And which is which should make to whatever we some sense, because, you know, he's he's being programmed as an artificial intelligence, right, as an A.I., and so he doesn't have all the negative baggage, if you would, or the experiences that a human being would have, right? And so he's operating in this pure ideological, what would a, a rationalist who's an eight, what would they do when they see something who can clearly benefit from their help um, and things like that? And what do you do, right? It's like this this person who is being presented as broken and things like that, right? Because that's Sonia, right? Sonia definitely needs help. Holo, right? Um, and Holo, he definitely, you know, chooses those times and really is showing his eight self by, um, by not just helping Sonia, right? It's like that, that, this is, this is the distinction between a two, like a helper, versus an eight who's a challenger, right? And so he's already challenged those things. And so that should help out, right? But the th the other thing about eights is that they are self-actualizing, that they are trying to help people to get to a self-actualizing space, right? Where they can become independent and things like that for themselves. Helpers, they don't need when they help people, they, they are not necessarily looking to get people to a space of self-actualization. Helpers like helping people because they like helping people. They like feeling loved, right? 
while, like I said, eights, they like helping people, but only to get them to a space of self-actualization. So where that person become independent and things like that. And so that's where Holo comes in. It's like, he's like, look, just the basic functionings of my program will help you become independent, right? It's like, you'll be able to, I, I can recognize faces for you so that I can help you become independent and you can have a better, more satisfying, self-actualized life, right? That's, to me, the key of being an eight and helping someone versus a two, right? As a matter of fact, is there's an old adage of talking about how if you uh, give someone a fish, right, um, you feed them for the, for the day. But if you teach them how to fish, you feed them for the rest of their life. And so the two is the person that gives you a fish, right? That's that's generally how they're written. Is the two will give you a fish, but an eight will teach you how to fish. That's the way that I've, I consistently see it written that way, um, you know, all, all across the board. And that's how Holo, then I rationalize uh, and, and talk about how Holo then is an eight, even though he doesn't have the, the normal like negativity and, and the rough edges, right? It's like he's, he's being portrayed as very soft. But like I said, I'm using, I think of that more as the innocence and the lack of emotional human baggage that normally would go into an eight like myself, right? Because Alice tells me all the time and the people at my work will tell you in a minute is like I have an edge and it comes from a lot of emotional content that uh, in my life and seeking out justice and challenging people. And so I have all the, this this edge to me. Um, and I like I said, I connected to those personal experiences that I have. But if you're writing an eight and they don't have any personal experiences then I, I really think that they're doing a really good job of demonstrating this, right? And that him being soft, it's like, because a lot of folks would then go like, oh, well, he's probably a feeler because he's helping. But it's like, no, a rationalist eight could definitely find themselves helping someone and helping, especially someone like Sonia, reach a space of self-actualization, right? And that that's where his softness is coming from, right? And so then the negative eight, uh, the one that is, is a, you know, like most of the time he's finding himself in negative spaces. That's Nando. Nando is definitely an eight. He is challenging all the time. He's, he's, it's like it's, it's his way or the highway, right? This is definitely eight behavior. The almost all the time he's by himself. A lot, like I said, Holo's different, right? It's like Holo's weird. And, um, a lot of folks may like portray him as, like a six and being loyal or even a two um, and things like that. But you know, it's like a holo is designed after Nando and Nando is definitely an eight. He's um, because when I look at him, he's challenging. He reg he regress, he regresses. And when you're an eight, the negative space for an eight to go into is a five and to become a thinker. Because eights, eights are people of action. They're challengers and they're people of action. And so when, um, when an eight goes negative and they, they start thinking about things too much, that's basically kind of how that happens. They go into this negative space of thinking too much. And I'm telling you, Nando, like we're introduced to him. And I think that a lot of people would think that he was just a five because he's so regressive and everything. And they would think of, um, Sonia as a two, right? Because of the quadrants. I told you all about that in other episodes or whatever. And that, that kind of helps you map things out. 
But he's only a five because he's in a negative space. He's actually in a constant negative space. And as you watch the, the, the episodes and everything's unfolding, you understand why he's in this constant negative space. He has a mother that like this, this idea that he had a mother that committed suicide, right? We know, we know that by episode six. Um, there's other things that we know about his, right? It's like, and that those negative things that happened to him caused him to regress into a five and then to write and to program from that five space. But he is an eight because when you see him emerging, like when he's becoming himself, right? It's like, yes, he's socially awkward like a five, like, cause he spent so much time. I would argue that he spent so much time being a five that he doesn't understand that he's an eight. That's like that to me is like the the interesting part about Nando, right? Is that he spent that that again, right? Is that he spent so much time being a five that you could easily just think that he is a five, but no. When he's he's starting to emerge and become positive, and he's going he's becoming positive all the time, and so then that like I said, that to me means that he is right moving. His character has developed, and he's really understanding that he is an eight. Um, and so then with eights, right, it's like, you know, because he challenges, right? He's not sitting back trying to observe the world. He is a rationalist, though. And so he's going about things in a very rational way, if you would. And, um, you know, especially with like trying to understand Holo and, and all of these things. But ultimately, right, it's like he has to, um, you know, get in tune with his eight self, in order for him to really understand and try to help um, Sonia become self-actualized, right? And so, because that's that's the big brunt of, of all of this, right? It's like when you're um, for an eight, because he's in tune with Sonia, he wants to help Sonia, but in order for him to do that, he has to come from out of the hiding place of his five and then, you know, right. And, and be the eight that he is right. And to be that guy. Right. And so, and we see flashes of brilliance uh, of uh, flashes of that eight, um, you know, in, in numerous spaces, like I said, he's a challenger by nature. Like that, that part shouldn't, that should not even be argued <laughs> uh, in this space that he's challenging people all the time. It, he's very uh, isolated, um, which normally people would associate with a five, but he's very strong. He's very, um, you know, just uh, abrupt in how he does things. Uh, remember when he talked to the police officers and how he got out of that? That was very eight. That was very eight of him for him to just go like, well, I mean, you arrested me. I'm going to go over here or not arresting me, but I'm going to go to this police station. But I already got everything squared away. I already thought about this and and handled it like an eight. A five would have been a lot more. Um, it, it was just as calculating as any five, because remember, there was like because he's a rationalist. And so I can I can see how he can imitate that space. But the way that he was very abrupt with him and. Um, and asserted himself so strongly and challenged the space, that is very eight, very eight. He is eight down to his core. Like I said, for him going negative, it's it's because of the negative experiences in his life that has made him regress into the five, into the thinker, right? Um, and so really, those are the only three characters that are worth analyzing on the Enneagram temperament front. And so the only thing left to do uh, is to is to predict the ending, right? It's like so that that's my thing, right? It's like to 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 predict the ending, and so then 
if this is an eight four combination, which I know it is, I mean, right? It's like this is this is I'm telling you, right? Is that it's an eight four combination, and so it again, it depends on who they focus on. It depends on who they focus on, right? And so, we, so I've said this in in another space with the king. It's right, right? If you focus on an eight like Eamon Ho in the king, then that means the king wins. They like eights win. That is what eights do. Eights win. We figure out a way to win. We might win at great sacrifice. We might win this, that, and the other thing, but we win. That when they're when people are writing eights, eights win. That's what they do. They win, right? So with fours, remember that's the highly romantic ending, right? The highly romantic ending, meaning that it can't be traditional. It can't just be a happily ever after, you know, and they live happily ever after. That cannot be the four ending. It cannot be a four ending to, in order to just say, and they live happily ever after. Something weird has to happen. And so, um, in order for it to be a highly romantic space. And so then let me tell you this. I will never get sucked in again on <laughs> thinking that something is sci-fi when it's actually fantasy adventure um, or like is more fantasy versus sci-fi. And so here we are, we're talking about holograms, we're talking about artificial intelligence, and all of those things would, would normally lead to thinking that this is going to have a sci-fi ending. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's not what's going to happen because the main girl is a four and so this is going to have a fantasy adventure ending, not a sci-fi ending. Um, sci-fi ending would be um, like it, it, it would wind up being something to the effect of like if I was imagining a sci-fi ending, um, uh, Nando would just become self-actualized. Holo would just fade into the background. And then the romance is just going to happen between Nando and um, and Sonia. However, I think that they're going to focus on the four. I think that they're focusing on a four ending here and something weird is going to happen. I tell you what, because I, I really feel like this is going to happen. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, I have not watched this whole thing. And so if I'm messing up this whole uh, thing with the guests, don't watch this until after you're done with the whole thing, right? Um, pause now. <laughs> if you don't want me to, to like take a shot at actually ruining the ending here, this is what I think is going to happen. Because like I said, this is fantasy. It is a fantasy one. It is not a sci-fi ending. And so this is what's going to happen. This is where I'm betting my money. My money is being bet on that in some way, shape, or form, Nando and Holo are going to wind up becoming combined together in some way, shape, or I don't know how, right? Remember, it's fantasy. Like, how vampires, how werewolves. No, don't think of that, right? It's like, that's that'll just wreck you, right? It's fantasy. And so if we're writing in a truly fantastic space, then that means anything can happen, right? Sci-fi, there's rules in sci-fi that you got to follow in order for it to stay sci-fi. But on the fantasy adventure side, you literally can do anything you want. And I think they're setting this up for Holo and Nando to somehow merge together and then Sonya gets the best of both worlds type of deal and that will be her unique love, romantic love in the universe. That's what I think is going to go down in this space, folks. So, hey, folks, that's it. That's all I have for this episode. Like I said, there was only three people to, to analyze and uh, hopefully you, you enjoyed it and um, check me out on the next one. Take it easy, folks. Bye.